All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Turn Zero Gaming. We are here with uh, Chris, Todd, and our somewhat silent but not so silent seventh partner on Turn Zero Gaming, Rick. So, how is everybody doing on this wonderful evening? Pretty good, man. It's uh, it's been a week. There's been a lot of back and forth. I think everybody's stuck at home, so they got a chance to yell at us about our tier list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they came hard on the tier list, man. Um, but no, I, I'm good. Um, missing Mike. I don't know where Mike is. He just like, vanished. Like, where'd he go? He turned into Rick. Upgrade? Oh, <laughs> we'll see. It, it's been uh, it's been oh boy a year since I recorded anything, so I don't know if I can remember how to do it. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! In his first sentence back on the air, man, <laughs> it's it's like riding a bicycle. You just you never forget how. Uh, gotta make sure my mic's on the butt setting and uh, <laughs> gains right. That's all I remember anymore. Yeah, right. Well, uh, it's great to have you back on the show. For those of you who don't remember, uh, Rick was a part of the original Knights of Ren crew. So we we recorded for like what three years together. So it's it's been a lot of oh fun. Anyways, so speaking about the tier list we posted, uh, this week we're actually going to quantify that list a little bit more. Now, right up front, we're not going to go into the specifics of every single character because we've already done an episode about that. Um, we'll probably do another deep dive episode a little bit later uh, once we get more, maybe like once we get like uh, Corvus Glaive and uh, some more characters out, we'll do some more deep diving. But for now... We recorded about uh, four hours, so there's two separate shows. I think it's episode uh, six and seven where we specifically talk about every single character, why we rated them, what we rated them, and where they kind of stand in the meta for uh, from a competitive standpoint. Uh, but what we're going to talk about today is we posted our tier list based on all seven of us coming together and averaging out uh, what we all posted together. And then we have information on the... Uh, TTS League, which is Tabletop Simulator League for Marvel Crisis Protocol. And so we're taking statistics from all of the 36 players and the characters that they picked, and we're putting that list right next to our tier list. So basically what it means is out of 36 players, we saw everybody's list and we took every single character and figured out how many of each character out of 36 there are. So for example, um, Thor is in 30 lists out of 36 lists overall. So he would be the number one most picked character. We're not ranking him as a tier, but we're putting him next to our tier list. So you can see in our uh, turn zero game list, we have Shuri and Thor as our top two picks in the game. Well, we also found out that the 36 people in the TTS League also think that 30 of them think Thor is a very viable character. So that's kind of how we're going to quantify this episode is talking about what the people picked in the TTS League versus what we thought was a tier uh, 0, 1, 1. 1.5, 2, 3, and 4. So uh, Todd was actually the one who is in the TTS League and got a lot of this information and was able to compile it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you found and how you feel that this compares to our seven-player uh, list that we compiled on our side before we saw the TTS information? Um, yeah, so like pretty much Thursday, the day the league was finalized, I spent the entire day going through all of the lists um, and compiling these numbers and then trying to keep track of them as like, I think initially when I started at the beginning of the day, I had 25 to compile and then I'd check back a couple hours later and there'd be like four more entries and then four more entries and then four more entries. 
So I just kept trying to keep up with it so I didn't have to do all of that work again at the end. Um, and I, I mean, it was just, it was, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to, to compare it to kind of how we placed it in our small group and, and, and compare it next to how the players in that league that are from all around the world. My, my first round match was against a guy from London today. Um, we played this morning cause it was like better for his schedule, which was crazy. Um, but like, so pretty much what we did is we took our small sample group and compared it to a larger swath of people across the world uh, and how they kind of went about picking their rosters. Um, that, that was just kind of the, the idea behind it. Um, I, I, I Honestly, initially, I didn't plan on comparing it to the tier list, but once I got through it and saw how they were lining up, I was like, wow, this is kind of interesting. Like, it, it seems like... Our, in my opinion, it seems like our estimations were pretty accurate on some, and there was some that actually we probably overrated, mm-hmm. uh, and some that other people definitely think are more viable and need to be in more lists, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think as you find while we go through the this data that the the TTS league is going to be a little skewed towards uh, certain factions. Um, Main like the players are obviously building toward a, a faction in their list, so you know one or the other faction may be a little bit lower than what other people would expect on mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think a lot of that data is, uh, I mean, this is very accurate and it's a very large uh, subset of uh, of lists and a large. Uh, geographical uh, area, right? Yeah. As you said, you played somebody from London, right? So this isn't going to have the regional biases that a lot of people will have on things, right? Right. Like like us as a whole are primarily, we all play each other, right? So some of the things tend to kind of have a little bit of a regional bias there, right? Like we feel that Thor is busted. And apparently <laughs> that's not what everybody else thinks. They don't think that Thor deserves to be up there at the top and that's fine. Right. But I think, you know, overall, uh, like, you know, it, you'll see when we start looking in this stuff that a lot of this was, uh, generally accurate and some of this stuff can be kind of tossed out. Now there is a lot of them that we ranked a lot higher that apparently nobody wants to play. And I think yeah. that's probably like the biggest, uh, the biggest takeaway on that, that like what I was really surprised by this was how far down uh, like characters like Captain Marvel were. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely some echo chambering that goes on with us um, since we're all talking about this stuff constantly and then we're getting beat by the same stuff and trying to figure it out. Like that regional bias that Rick was talking about, like the same ideas were bouncing off each other all the time. So it's interesting to get a wider perspective. Yeah, yeah, and and I will say that um, I am personally enjoying this TTS league just from like already. Uh, I, I'm enjoying the fact that we have TTS to actually play this game that I love so much because I love playing this game. Um, but right now, with the situation the way it is in the world, like you can't really go anywhere and play. Yeah. Um, so at least I've got that to keep me busy. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm painting my models for the actual game or I'm painting terrain or I'm, I'm trying to come up with some more stuff for that. So when I get to actually play again on a table, everything will be done. Um, but in the meantime, 
I got oh, this boy. to keep me busy. All right, so let's dive right into this. And like you guys were saying, it, it's really interesting how um, some of the things that we ranked are right on the dot, and some of the things we ranked are not even close. And I think it's going to be interesting not only to talk about it here on the show, but as we see the uh, games progress and we see different players move up in uh, rankings, we can begin to see what lists are doing well, what characters are doing well, um, potentially you know, talk to some of these players and see why that decision you know, panned out for them. Yeah, that's so, a, that's actually really what I want to do. Like, I, I'm I'm super excited to play through some of my games and uh, see what my opponent's list was and compare the roster, and then get to actually pick their brain as to why they brought those characters that for me weren't considerations before, right? Uh, or get to see them use characters that I was not even considering in my ten, um, and, and then I can see like what they're reasoning for and how they're playing it and what benefit that they're gaining from that character that I was either missing or unaware of. Right. Right. Cause it's a, it's a very rare situation to play a, a league or even a tournament with a worldwide player base. So generally, especially like, you know, if you're thinking about a con, the people who show up to that convention are usually going to be a little bit more localized. So for example, you know, Adepticon or Nova, they're both going to have players somewhat, close to that area, a couple players from the United States, maybe on a coast, uh, but you're probably not going to see a large swath of, uh, you know, European, Asian, you know, whatever country you want to think about, like you're just not going to see a ton of them traveling to that convention, especially if they have a convention in their own country, but because of the internet, it just kind of breaks down all the barriers. So we have the opportunity to not only see all of these players, play the game but you can pick their brains once you're done or afterwards on discord and you have this really neat sample size of players and you can learn and grow from all kinds of different areas and so it's just it's just really 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 cool i I mean i totally agree um and and for me this is tts is something new when we played destiny i never got into tts right um just didn't pique my interest at all uh, and I felt like when I'm playing a card game, like I like to play poker. Like I like to be sitting across from somebody. I like to be able to talk a little. Oh boy! I like to be able to bluff, and you can't do that on a computer. That's true. Um, and you can't do that in Crisis either. Which you you can do a little bit of that in Crisis when you're playing on a table, but like it's nowhere near the amount that you have in a card game, especially when you know everything that's in your opponent's hand. Right? Mm-hmm. You can see the board laid out. The only thing you don't know is going to be the odds that the dice are going to give you coming out on the back end, right? Like, you don't know what the dice rolls are going to be. Um, You can kind of calculate an idea or a plan based on perfect knowledge of the cards in their hand and perfect knowledge of the board position. But you can't factor in dice rolls. That's the main thing you can't factor. Um, So playing this on TTS for me feels much more comfortable than playing something like, like Destiny or a card game or something else like that. That's a really good point. So I thought about it like that. So let's dive in and let's talk about the number one most chosen character. So uh, on our tier list, we ranked Shuri and Thor at tier zero in out of 36 players, 30 of them put Thor in their list. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, he, he like he is the only character with that many uh 
picks. Yeah, he was the highest selected character. Um, meaning that I, I think we were kind of spot on on our idea of his power level and how he fits into the game. Um, I think that he's also the highest ranked leader. But if you look at the numbers on the other characters in that, that list that we have, it doesn't look like Asgard is an affiliation people are taking for the most part. Uh, it looks like you'll probably have at best maybe maybe 18 people taking Asgard to maybe half the field took Asgard. Like, and that might be a high number as an affiliation they want to play. Um, yeah, I think with that, you probably got to look at the number of people that brought Hela. Yeah, exactly. That's your, yeah, that's going to be your big indicator on, on if they're planning on going uh, – uh, Asgard, even more so than you know the big, the big ones you would think of like Thor and Loki, just because yeah. they they play in other the other actions. There's much more splashable, like Valkyrie. I don't even like really consider like she's just going to get splashed, right? So like really, if you look at about it, Valkyrie. Yeah, if you're looking at that, you're going to be wanting to look at the number of people that are that brought Hela. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a good point because Loki's getting used a lot right now as splash as a counter pick, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so he shows up in a lot more lists than Hella will. Yeah. And, and don't forget Winter Soldier as well. He yeah. Can so fill. that's what I was saying. So like the winner, and, and that's the other thing that we'll get to next, because we caught a lot of guff on our idea of what we, how good we thought Winter Soldier was. And, and it seems like we were probably pretty close to accurate based on this, right? Like right. not saying overall, but I'm saying based on this list, it looks like we gave him a pretty good spot. But yeah, I think, I think Thor is there as a splash character primarily. I can say... Most of the games that I've run on TTS, um, I, I've probably put eight or ten games together on TTS <laughs> already. So I, I will say I've seen Thor probably in six of the eight, um, and I've run against the Asgard affiliation only once. Yeah. Well, it's hard to think of like a three and a two-point character that you could put together that would be as powerful as Thor by himself. So yeah. As a splash character, he's he's super strong. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say my game doesn't count because we were testing something completely different. Okay. Well, I mean, it's still so don't don't count that game. <laughs> too late. I already did. Oh, oh no. I, I, I just counted it as a number, not as a win or loss. How is that? I mean, that's fine, but like I I'm specifically picking lists that don't have Thor, so I don't want to skew your numbers where you're like, oh, I played eight games. Mine is not. It was a test game. Don't count it. Yeah, that's so. That right there is the two games that I haven't played against Thor. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the one guy who I'm I'm not playing Thor because I'm trying I'm trying out new stuff and yeah, learning think, a lot too. I think the only other character that really even comes close to him in, in that level is Modok, but he tends to only be brought in Cabal for some reason. Yeah. Like, it's not like that he's bad in any of the other factions. It's just that for whatever reason, he just really gets pigeonholed into Cabal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pushed back against playing Modoc when he first came out because I felt like he was really strong and I was trying to find some counterplay and stuff, but he's he's a solid character. He's a beautiful I, model too. I, I've been toying with the idea of trying to bring him back um, and putting him in Avengers with Cap to bodyguard him. Ooh. And then getting a discount on his like moves and throws. Mm. Like he he is also the only character in the game that can throw anything long. So you're not wrong. That's kind of interesting as well. Um, Especially with the number of rockets running around. So, (laughs) but um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty much what I, Thor is what we thought he was. And, And according to the other people in this league, like the majority of them agree with that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that really would throw that out the window would be if one of the, what, six lists that, uh, or, or more than one of the six lists 
uh, hit the top in, at the end of this league, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I mean, I guess that's going to come out for power rankings at the end, right? Yeah. Like, like that's when, like, my idea with this is to do a comparison between this and the lists that end up in, like, the top portion, the top bracket. So, like, out of this 36 at the end of this, I'm going to take the top eight lists and then do another composite. Yeah. Uh, and then compare that to all three and see how it hammers out there. All right. So moving on, I, I wanted you to clarify this next bracket, because when we did our rankings, we just had a ranking system of uh, tier zero through four. And in lieu of that for the TTS League, you ranked it uh, 20 through 29, or I'm sorry, 29 through 20, 19 through 15, 14 through 10, uh, nine through five and four to zero. So we could have some kind of comparable statistical value. Uh, so can you explain why you did it that way? Um, as far as, well, I just wanted to put it into brackets because otherwise, if I tiered it all the way out, like we would have 30, whatever, how many characters we have, what is that? 24, 26, 27 characters. Um, and at least this way, it kind of gives you a composite. I did it almost more like a grade structure was kind of my original idea. Like I was going to do like an A where like this is 95 to or 100 to 90 percent. And this is a B and this is an 86 to whatever percent. And it the, the way the numbers were, it was such a smaller since it's only 36 lists. It's such a smaller sample size that that grading scale doesn't work. Mm. Uh, and it makes the numbers just look. I don't know. It, it just didn't look right to me. Um, so I just went back and kind of was like, all right, who's the top character? And then I broke the next one down into the next 10 points. And then from the other ones, I just kind of split them into fives was basically what the way that broke down. So then uh, let's talk about the next uh, two characters. So uh, 23 players out of 36 players have a Rocket Raccoon and Shuri in their list. Yeah. So in there, um, in that bracket, I can actually give you the point totals. Um, Rocket and Shuri, yeah, both had 20, 23 people were playing them in the list. They were the second highest to Thor. A side note to that was um, out of the 23 rockets that were run, only 18 of them were run with Groot. So five people brought him solo. Right. So people are valuing Rocket on his own a little more than the tandem. Yeah. Yeah. So he's definitely going to see some play in this league without Groot as a partner, which we were also talking about. Yeah. So what's interesting about those two is Shuri for us was tier zero. So we ranked her higher now, I don't know if this is incorrect because Thor was num the number one character and Shuri was the number two character along with Rocket mm -hmm. uh, in terms of pick. However, we put Rocket at um, tier two, which would technically be two steps down. Mm -hmm. uh, so the TTS League thinks Rocket is better than what we think, which I find that to be very interesting. Yeah, I don't, and go ahead, I don't know. I don't know if that's thinking that he's better. I think some of that is a newness factor. Um, and... You know, I want to see what Rocket can do. And this is kind of one of the biggest or best or, or really the only ways that these guys can see it uh, because of what's going on right now. Is like, I'm going to keep him in my list. I'm going to use him on this uh, TTS league because I'm not getting a lot of uh, games outside of, out of this right now with what, everything going on. Yeah. Um, that's not saying that he's bad or that's saying that we don't think he's good or anything like that. But I, I think a lot of that is a newness factor. And I'll also say that most of the, the only characters in our list that for the most part, none of us were really going to put a whole lot of play into were the guys in the three and four bracket. 
uh, in the tier three and tier four. Those are guys for us that didn't see a lot of play on our table, right? Those are guys we played with. We tried to find spots for. Um, Ock and Spidey had some play in some spots. We had some fun with crossbones, but like it was in a, a particular strategy that it we was, just didn't feel was. It was a more limited environment too. That was like yeah. corset days. Yeah. Um, and so with like the evolution of the game, um, like we've we've kind of moved out of those characters until they get an affiliation. Now, when Spider Man gets an affiliation, Ooh, all bets are off. Yeah, you know, like I don't I don't know where he's going to be, it's, but uh, he I definitely don't think he's going to be a tier three then, because um, he is an amazing character. Yeah. He just doesn't fit with anybody right now. And I guess that's one way to kind of when you're looking at the two of these together, the way that we have them ranked is um, sort of more of a general usability kind of thing. Like yeah. all the characters up to tier two are splashable at the very least. Yeah. Now we can see that when people are picking lineups for TTS League, they feel like Rocket is a really splashable character in their list. Like. Mm-hmm. He's he's for whatever they're aiming for. He's fitting their plan really well. So that makes some sense because there's a lot of opportunities to fit a two pointer in your list. Maybe Rocket has taken over for the general public as the predominant two point splash. Yeah. Like as we look for Shuri and Black Widow later on in the in the compilation of numbers for the TTS league. Yeah. So people are valuing yeah, yeah Koye. Widow and Akoye, um valuing his damage sides more than they're valuing the bodyguard or the long move or something like that. Right. And I think that is something that you're going to see. Like, I feel like that is going to be his spot. The fact that he can set up and post outside, do some damage, have some cover, uh, gets blocked by just about anything that's on a board, mm-hmm. um, makes him a valuable asset. Um, and I like I know we ranked him as a tier two. He's in my ten for the the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like he is definitely a splashable character, and I run him. And in my ten, I do not have a group. Um, mm-hmm. So I am one of the I am one of those that does not have group with Rocket. And that's kind of an interesting place for him. I think I think that fits. Yeah. Like when you're when you're looking for value at the two point stage, are you valuing the utility of the other characters that or that straight damage yeah it seems like a lot of people want that damage for me in this uh this section right here what really surprises me is the third of the people in the league did not bring shuri right like i expected shuri to be a little bit higher than this um i mean i did as well personally um but i mean at the same time i don't know i mean i don't know like i I think we we talked a little bit about this and and that you know the data here shows that Cabal is less favored in here, and Shuri is much better in Cabal. That's true. That's um, right. We so, did. And, and that, we'll, we'll Wakanda is actually a little bit low in this too. So, that, yeah, not only that, Rick, but also if you look at it, like Wakanda is a little low. Like like Chris was just saying, um, uh, there, there's only like somewhere between. Uh, I can pull the exact number when we get there, but um, Wakanda as an affiliation isn't going to be represented in is in less than half of these. Um, so that might be another reason that it factors in and skews her numbers. Um, yeah, but to I, that end, though, like I'm playing almost con- like solely Avengers lately, and, and she's still in the list. She doesn't find the way on the table too much uh, as much for me in that. But I, I mean, I really do think it's 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 what we were saying here, like with Wakanda and Cabal, yeah, and, and, and Avengers being a primary, what appears to be a primary focus for the, the folks in this league. Yeah, um, but and still Guardians. surprising. And Guardians, yeah. So moving on, let's talk about Winter Soldier. So he is number four uh, in the characters picked. 22 out of 36 players picked him. And we ranked him at 1.5. So he would be uh, a half a step underneath where the TTS League picked him. Uh, 
Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Bucky Barnes? Well, I, I think we took a lot of flack for giving him even a <laughs> one five rating. Um, uh, that was one of the things that people came at us hardest for. That and crossbones. Yeah, like they 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 were not happy with how high we ranked Bucky, and they were not happy with how low we ranked crossbones. You can't argue with his utility, though. I mean, he makes he makes a lot of affiliations because you want to splash those other characters that are powerful, um, but you still need to get that team affiliation. Yeah. So I mean, like uh, the mass have spoken i guess at this point yeah I guess right? so That's like a, i'll take it yeah like <laughs> thank you guys thanks thanks for showing like yeah i mean this is this is right where we think and and the reasoning behind it because people are using him like and i think a lot of them might be using him to try to get guardians of the galaxy right now yeah um, yeah um, i'd agree with that That's I, where think I, he's a, I think he's a really good character in general uh like a lot of people or vocal people seem to think that his attacks are very low which I mean, they're they're below average, but the sheer volume of attacks that he can put out uh, potentially, uh, and, and couple that with the fact that uh, hammers is a pretty common uh, 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 crisis right yeah. now. Uh, you you gra- you grab him a hammer and take a back objective, and he's pumping out five die attacks uh, pretty regularly. Uh, I mean, I've liked him a lot in his mobility is really underestimated with the, the uh, hydro tactics, um, especially, right? I, I've had him move across the board uh, and take a point where people didn't think he was able to. Now, um, I've done I've done some crazy stuff with that, too, where I was able to switch over and jump onto a spot when they dazed another, or before they dazed another character mm-hmm. uh, to keep that spot or contest it against them, too. Yeah, I've used hydro tactics to move out of a character's attack range on one turn and then move him back into range for a red fury on the next turn. Yeah. So he, he does some cool nice. stuff. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> it felt good. <laughs> All right, I, so... I we have think he's a little higher in this right now than that I expected. Yeah, I, I do think he's a little higher than I expected, but I get it. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about almost forty, and he's about in half. Like, th- like that seems. I, I think that's a, about average. Yeah. I feel like that's where he should be. If people are trying to make guardians, it makes more sense. Yeah. All right. So moving on, uh, Captain America and Valkyrie were picked 20 out of 36 times. So in our tier list, we had Captain America at tier one. Uh, so I don't think there's too much discussion about him. Like, If you guys want to say something, that's fine. Uh, what interested me was Valkyrie. So this is one of the bigger swaps between what we rated and what the community picked. So we put her at a tier two, and they put her at a pretty high uh, pick rate. So uh, thoughts on Cap and thoughts on Valkyrie. I don't drop a lot of O oh boys on here, but seeing Valkyrie at tier one shock. Oh, boy. Like yeah. that was the first thing I saw on this list. I, I have no idea what people are thinking because she, for me, feels very difficult to use. But yeah, I, go ahead, Rick. I, she she is surprising on the damage. Not surprising, but she does have a heavy damage output. As high as she is on here seems a little uh, aggressive, but um, she is a she is does have a lot of damage output. I'll give her that. Uh, I just have never even put her on the table. I've just found it in other spots, you know. Yeah, uh, no, I'm the same way. I I was really high on her when I first saw her card, and then like just conceptually trying to build teams, haven't been able to make her work. I feel like she needs too much help to get into stuff, kind of like crossbones. Yeah, and she's surprisingly squishy too. Yeah, like, I, the the only thing like looking at that, like I understand that. I think she's in that same range as Winter Soldier, where she's easy to splash. Um, and if you look at the drops and the other characters that we feel are kind of higher, 
like uh, Killmonger and Zemo. Because uh, Zemo also dropped, like, if you compare bracket to picks, right? Um, so both Killmonger and both Zemo drop down in this actual list of picks. But she jumps up. Yeah. Um, so, and we know that Wakanda's down based on the number of people that took Black Panther, right? Uh, we also know Cabal's down based on the number of people who took uh, Red Skull. So, or didn't take Red Skull. Yeah, so at, at that point, it makes her an obvious choice to move up. Because she's an easy splash into Avengers at three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets a one-cost charge and a, a, a cheaper throw. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, here's my here's my other question for you. Uh, we because Winter Soldier is so popular. Uh, do you think that we might see like Thor, Valkyrie, Winter Soldier for as guardians? I mean, that's a possibility, right? That's why I said maybe 18 people took um, as guardians because Winter Soldier's up that high. Um, uh, if Winter Soldier wasn't that high and Valkyrie was that high, and then we saw you know Hella down here around 10 or whatever, I'd think less people were playing Asgard. But with Winter Soldier in the mix. You have to assume that, you know, at least 15 to 18 people can can get it going. Yeah. Yeah, that might that might be the case. Um, I didn't think Avengers or I'm sorry, his Guardians would be that high, but it would be easier for me to make the case for throwing in Winter Soldier than Hela. You know, point less, arguably more utility there. That's that's possible. I mean, it could be a, a counter to the other Thors running around that are staggering everybody. Uh, to just run Asgard so that you can clear that stagger pretty easily. Um, and then, uh, you know, having Star-Lord in the mix now too, which like his conditions aren't great that he's dishing out, but he does have the ability to dish it out. Um, more people could be dipping into Asgard to see if it's uh, more, uh, a better better uh, affiliation right now. Oh, and something that I didn't really consider, and I'll have to check with Todd because he has the exact number, but how many Power Stones were floating around? Because if there's a fair number of Power Stones on Star Lords and people are worried about all of those kind of status effects, that could make a case for Asgardians as well. There's 12, uh, 12 power gems that are running out. 12 power gems. So that that kind of makes sense. You know, people think that he's going to be dishing out a lot of status effects and having as guardians would be more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and just to kind of, so we didn't gloss over cap here, um, it's not surprising. And it, it basically shows that Avengers is the number one affiliation in here. Like, just because I don't really, I, I feel that Thor is more of an Avenger than he is an Asgardian. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd agree. All right. So moving down, we're going to go into the uh, 19 through 15 picks. So the next character in order is uh, Groot. He was picked 19 out of 36 times. 18 of those 19 Groot picks have a rocket raccoon in the same list. So uh, people are bringing Groot with rocket pretty much 99% of the time. There is one player who didn't, and I'd be interested to see how they do. Um, but we ranked Groot at tier two. So that would technically be a step lower than what the TTS league ranked Groot. Uh, what are your thoughts on him considering he's number what? One, two, three, four, five, six. He's number seven. So he's he's not doing too badly in terms of popularity. I think this is a newness thing. Um, I'd be interested to see who that random non-rocket Groot is. Uh, and I, I feel like I haven't seen the full uh, the full spreadsheet, but I feel like that Groot might be with Loki. Um, just testing out to see how far they could uh, push the the, uh, the 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 tax on the superpowers. 
But I mean, it's probably just a newness thing and a guardians thing, and this is what you got to build it. I I do think you're right about that. I think um, Loki and Groot together is kind of gross. I, I did have the privilege to run against a gentleman running that into me the other day, uh, and that is a very painful list to mess with. Just roots going out everywhere and. Loki making your stuff cost more, and if you kill him, then he gets even better because, like, now your crits don't work, and it, it's it's a lot to mess with. Um, I will say we had this conversation on our last episode that we may have underestimated Groot's flexibility and his his playability. Yeah, I was just going to say that because last weekend we had a couple games where Groot was close to dying but didn't quite die and then ended up being a pretty solid tank for a few rounds, so... Um, I'm surprised there weren't more solo Groots than solo Rockets, just by my experience. But I guess if you were just looking at it um, without that experience, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I think Rocket and Groot together is fine, right? Like, I don't, I don't think that's bad at all. Um, and, and I took Rocket solo without Groot in my list. Um, but I think playing Groot alone is fine, uh, and, and I think he'll find a space to play on his own. Um, He's a hell of a back objective holder. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's like, really good at that. <laughs> Jesus, he can he can hold a spot, man. Um, and, and, he's and also he also seems pretty good in Avengers, which is heavily favored here too. So yeah, that's true. Those uh, one cost roots will add up. Yeah, that, they'll yeah. get gross. Yeah, and the the three healing or removing three damage for one, like it, it's it's relevant. I think. So yeah, I think I think he has play, um, and unfortunately, poor Mike's not here to talk about how awesome his venom was. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're getting there. We're getting there. All right. So moving along, uh, number eighteen, or I'm sorry, Hulk is the next character. Eighteen out of thirty six folks picked him. Uh, we had him ranked one step lower, similar to Groot, but uh, you know we've also had Todd and Rick kind of give birth to the BDT, th- you know, team. So phenomenon. Um, phenomenon yeah, the the phenomenon of uh oh my gosh thor to the face so uh he's he's kind of what i anticipated him to be just because he's big he's beefy and uh he he just he's hard to get rid of he's really hard to get rid of if you don't know what you're doing yeah so i i think with hulk being in this many lists i think what that's indicative of, of the idea that you can splash him in a list even if you don't count on taking him every time which is what we said our tier two characters were, right? We said our tier, tier two characters were a splashable character that you're probably going to bring for X specific lists. Mm-hmm. Not every list, um, like say a Shuri or a, a Thor, that we feel like those almost go in all of our lists, right? Or we're trying to work them into almost every list um, because of how, how durable, how flexible, and how powerful they are. Um, Hulk comes in with a, a definite game plan. Um, so... And if he doesn't fit that game plan, you just don't play him in that list. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is definitely a character that's in my ten. Well, and one of the things I think is interesting about Hulk is VDT thing is it's is a thing, right? It's a thing. But one of the reasons why we were down on Hulk early was because of Killmonger and then the Cabal cards, the Cosmic Invigoration mm-hmm. and the Dark Rain. Is that the Dark name of Rain. it? Mm-hmm. Which were taking him out essentially in one turn every game. But with those things falling out of favor a little bit, especially as you look at this list, you see Killmonger's not very highly represented. Uh, Cabal's barely represented. 
Hulk has a lot more staying power than he used to, at least when we were initially playing with him, um, when Wakanda and the core set were kind of the only things out. So he's he's making more of an impact now than he did then. Um, I think Thor helped facilitate that big time. Right, because he's t- he's taking out some of those other factions. So I, I think that Hulk's in an interesting spot, and people are starting to realize how powerful Gamma Launch is. And we've seen people in the shop, like Mandina was bringing uh, Smash and yeah. some of those other cards yeah. that come with Hulk um, to be pretty effective. So it, he's in an interesting spot. I, I, I think that that's about right for him. It may be a little high, but with um, how beefy he is and some of the cards that come along with him, I think it's it's pretty cool that he's starting to show up more i think uh another interesting thing about thor here or sorry hulk here is that with the 18 people that played him um and we also have some of the team tactics information too uh there was actually uh five of them that didn't take gamma launch um and i think gamma launch is one of the reason the big reasons to even play hulk and it's interesting that that five people didn't agree with that that, that is interesting. Least, or at least thought that they're not synonymous with each other. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing. Um, I mean, I, I don't have any plans personally of taking Hulk without taking Gamma Launch um, from a competitive side. I, I think that uh, that card just is so powerful. And, and not just with Thor in, in one situation. Like I, We've used that in a number of different ways where it just completely changed the board state. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it's so good and it's very flexible and it gives you the longest movement on, in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause it's not purely for throwing somebody into your face or getting a short move character into range, something like that. You've used it in a BDT list actually to not throw Thor at me, but to throw Captain America over me to cap a back point on gamma shelter. So yeah. There's a lot of utility in that card beyond just throwing an aggressive beater in your face. Yeah. So I really think they should be synonymous. And it's a really interesting point that Rick brought up that they're not. Yeah. All right. So moving along, we have Star-Lord. He was picked uh, 17 out of 36 times. 12 of those lists bring Star-Lord with the power gem. So you were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier, wondering uh, what the ratio of Star-Lord and and or power gem is so 17 have a star lord 12 of them have a power gem so five are not running the power gem so what are you guys thoughts on star lord because we actually placed him again uh one rank lower in the tier two slot and he is in one of the top spots amongst the community i mean i think i i think this is a strong spot for him again like he is super splashable yeah Um, i I think he's straight up replaced iron man as a three-point energy heavy splash for me yeah uh, i mean if you're like if you're comparing the two like what does iron man really have that is better than star lord um unibeam i mean i guess but he you know what i'll plucky. tell you that that plucky uh what is that plucky, plucky attitude plucky attitude that plucky Ooh. attitude is amazing it goes off way I, more than i thought it would initially. and it goes off way more on defense which is where yes. his weakness we, we lays. talked about that so like that's why that's why that that's so good on him because he may only have three defense, um, but he also is going to have a higher chance of rolling those three dice again on on his defense than on yeah. his offense, which is where you really want the rerolls for him. And I've been running a lot of uh, Wakanda with Guardians lately, and I think I've run it a couple times. Uh, Sugi, you've seen it. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty gross. That 
that thing re-rolls a ton. Yeah. Yeah. So something we we had in our one of our test games was um, I think I swung at Star Lord. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, this was this is obnoxious. So I I use uh, Black Panther. I use his energy attack. So I spend three for the cost of the attack. I spend two for his ability to re-roll all of his dice on offense, and then I spent another one or two power to add dice. So I have a of a nine die attack re-rolling offense um and he's only got three three defensive dice mm-hmm. so star lord bricks then he uses plucky attitude he bricks then he uses shuri he re-rolls a die and then he uses wakanda to re-roll another die uh and it was just like i i couldn't believe he went from zero to like he blocked three damage after re-rolling and re-rolling and re-rolling and re-rolling and re-rolling just like what is what is going on i think i got like two damage through but it's just really frustrating when like you see them start off and it's like okay nothing re-roll again okay you have like one i can i can deal with that because four is coming like i have five hits four is coming through that's fine you only have six health re-roll the shuri oh okay four is coming through that's okay all right now again three blocks five damage what I spent all this power and only two go through seriously? Like that feels so terrible. Yeah, I had I had an instance. I think it was against Lanza, or it might have been against somebody else. I'm not sure, but um, they rolled um six damage into me, uh, and I rolled uh, a crit. Uh, no, I rolled I rolled two crits, uh, and rolled two dice in. They both landed on blanks. Surprisingly enough, with my rerolls, <laughs> um, so then I plucky attitude the two, um, uh, like I, so I had two. I plucky attitude and re-roll all uh, five of my dice. I get a wild uh, and a shield. I then spend three off Shuri to re-roll three dice. I get two more blocks, and then I spend one with Wakanda forever, or Wakanda leadership ability, and get the other one. Yeah. And so I yeah, only took one damage in that. It's, um, it's really gross how consistent that list can be with die rolls. It does require a lot of power, but with Shuri being a battery, it's not as terrible as you would think. Yeah, well, and if you can count on your base attacks getting hits like that because you have power for rerolls, you don't really lose power. Like, once you can get to, like, five power, you're still going to actually net power on the back end of it mm-hmm. with the attacks because you can get those rerolls on your attacks, too. So, And that's what makes it so good. And you get the Wakanda on your um, dodge rolls. So you get a reroll in your dodge rolls with Wakanda as well. So, like, it, it's... Got a lot of flexibility in the die rolls. I think Avengers is still better. But if you're listening and you're looking for a very, very consistent list, Wakanda plus Star-Lord and Shuri. Like if you have Star-Lord and Shuri just moving down a side of the field, you're probably going to have a really good time with both your offensive and defensive roles just because um Star Lord is very consistent. Shuri helps add to the consistency. And then adding on the Wakanda affiliation on top of that is just icing on the cake. And uh, Star Lord with the power gem is still kind of debatable for me. I mean, I've done it both ways. There are times when having the power stone feels really good. Like if you're playing the 19 point objective and it'll help you evacuate citizens um, or to get that um, second attack off full auto for the uh, potential status effects. But at the same time, rearranging your team to get an extra full character instead of just a power stone is also good. And he doesn't really suffer for it because his base attack is still strong. 
Um, it, it could go either way for me. Like if, if you feel like you need that one to fill a particular point value, maybe you bring the Power Stone. But if he doesn't have it, he doesn't really lose anything for not having it. All right, moving on. Uh, Mike is going to love this, but picked 16 times out of 36 is the phenomenal, the incredulous Venom. Uh, we actually ranked him up here exactly where the community did. So uh, I know Todd does not like this character, but that's okay because the community does. What are your thoughts on Venom being picked uh, this high out of all the characters? I, I mean, I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> Todd doesn't not like Venom. It's just that he likes every other character more than Venom. Um, so he doesn't I, like Venom. I, I like everybody. I like everybody other than Crossbones more than Venom. <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised he showed up this much. Kind of. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not surprised he showed up this much. Um, One, um, this is not a strictly competitive league. This is also a league where there's going to be some people who are going to play some stuff that are fun. A lot of people love this character to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that plays somewhat into it. Um, But from a competitive standpoint, if you look at the biggest guy on the totem pole being Thor who has a massive base attack that deals all physical damage, Venom's not bad into him. He's not great, He's not, but he's definitely not bad. He um, has five physical defense. Yeah, like he's, he's about as good as you're going to get. Um, and plus, he can heal. He can self-heal. Um, and that's, that is a big deal. Hmm. And, compa- and if you compile that with, like, once if we get into team tactics, we might do that on another one. But a lot of people took field dressing, um, and field dressing paired with him – is a gross play. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think he's definitely got play. I, like, I, I never said he doesn't. Um, I, I think he's a tier two where he's a splashed into a list character. That's what tier two is for me. It's not saying they're bad. It's just not a character that I'm going to take all the time. I personally won't play him at all. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like the two energy defense. Um, and when, when we just had three characters come out, two of which have all energy attacks and are very highly populated on this chart already. Um, that doesn't feel like the kind of character I want to run into. Deservedly so. He's the highest uh, non-Bucky uh, uh, unaffiliated character. And I agree with that. I, I think that's, that should be where he is. The probably Poor Doc Ock. Yeah. And Doc Ock is actually a really good character. It's just that affiliation just doesn't. Doesn't help him at all. Yeah. Spider foes, man. Once he gets those. They're coming. He gets better. Uh, so, yeah, I guess the uh, the next one we got to go over is uh, your girl. Oh, okay. You done with Venom? Uh, okay. Yeah. I think I think that's – I mean, we talked about Venom without Mike. Like, he'll be yeah. happy. You can just cut all that, really, and say, and Venom was 16. Next. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, we're going to move down a bracket into the uh, 14 through 10 selection out of 36. So, the next character – is a favorite of mine is Black Widow. Now, this is exactly where we put her in our tier list. So um, this doesn't surprise me. Uh, as one of my favorite two-point characters, like the long-range movement is nice. The counter poke is nice. Uh, being able to shoot her within a specific range is nice because it controls what your opponent can and can't do. Um, she's really, really good at running up, grabbing something and running away. She is an Avengers. So you can do tricks like uh, long range move Avengers assemble, pick up a token and then long range move away. Um, she's, she's not like the best thing in the world, 
but she is one of my favorite characters just because of her flexibility. So um, what are your guys' thoughts on her at 14 out of 36? Uh, right where I thought she should be. Yeah, that sounds about right, really, um, especially considering how we've seen that people tend to favor Rocket as the, the two-point splash of choice. Um, but she fills a, a niche that he doesn't fill with the long move and the mm-hmm. inability to be targeted outside of three, that kind of thing. So it's really like, are you playing an aggressive list and you want that extra firepower? You're playing an objective-based list and you want her tricks. Yeah. That yeah. makes total sense to me. I Yeah, and I, I think, again, like I think that's a good spot for her to be. Um, she's got a lot of flexibility in that range because – you're not taking her to fill an affiliation for the most point. You're probably taking her as a flex spot and an objective getter. Um, and, and I think that's that's probably more the role that she would fill if I was going to put her in my roster. Uh, so my takeaway here, this this grouping here, this is where we start to see all of the long movers all together right here. Um, Sans Spider-Man, but we know why he's a little lower. Um, and it, I, I think she would be a little bit higher, just assuming that Avengers is heavier played in this uh, league. Um, but it seems like people are taking one of the long movers or potentially two, and then that's it, right? Like, uh, that's kind of why they're all going to be following falling in this, this portion here. I expected one of these guys to be a little higher. Yeah, that's interesting. I really didn't even pay attention to that till you brought it up. They yeah. all are right there. Um, and, and for me, like when I built my list, I ended up taking Black Panther. I didn't take uh, Widow or Zemo. Um, but I did take Black Panther because I'm running some Wakanda. Wakanda yeah, that makes sense. So that And that was my long mover, and that's exactly how I looked at it. I'm like, who's my long mover in the group? Um, okay, I got Black Panther. I'm good. Yeah, that's an interesting observation. Like uh... – what, what do you want out of your long mover? And you have three pretty different choices here. Do you want to be a little bit tanky? Do you want to be really aggressive? Or do you want to be sneaky? Yeah. Um, so there's some different flavors of long move uh, objective grabber slash fighter there. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on, uh, we have Baron Zemo and Black Panther. So Black Widow, Baron Zemo, and Black Panther are all next to each other in like what Rick was saying with long movement. So 13 out of 36 pick Zemo and Black Panther. And this is actually, these are two of our biggest drops. So we had Black Panther uh, two ranks higher than where he is, and Zemo was one rank higher than where he is. So uh, Panther dropped very significantly, and Zemo dropped somewhat significantly, and then we were right on the money with Black Widow. So uh, let's talk about both Panther and Zemo in this conversation. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, these these hefty drops. Those kind of make sense based on where the other leaders, or I guess Black Panther himself is a leader, but where the the affiliation focus is, right? Yeah. Cabal clearly dropped. Black Panther being there and not having any other Wakanda up in the top three tiers of, of the TTS list kind of makes sense too. Um, their their affiliations just aren't being played as much. Um, so they've, they've naturally kind of dropped, whereas Black Widow fits in that Avengers list pretty easily. And... Um, Hence why you probably see more of her. Yeah, uh, for me, like uh, sitting and watching that tier discussion on the Facebook group where everybody was saying how uh, Barry Zemo is like the best character, right? And like if you listen to other podcasts and follow the discords and all that other stuff, everybody says that uh, that uh, Baron Zemo is the best character. Obviously, he's not. 
right? <laughs> like uh, people do not agree with with the vocal minority here. Uh, there is a surprising uh, 23 people uh, in this group, over half that do not feel that Zemo needs to be taken in every list. Yeah, I played very little Zemo myself now that I think about it since the core set days, really. Sure. Well, and the other thing to look at with that is, again, this comes back to what I was talking about earlier with Valkyrie. Um, I think Val- between, depending on how you fall on this, right, I still think that Killmonger is the best charge attacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily because his base attack is energy. And it has Pierce. And it has Pierce. So that's that's the main reason why I feel like Killmonger is the best, like, beat, stick, charge, get in your face, do some damage. Um, and both Valkyrie and Zemo are all physical. Um, so for, for But I do think that Valkyrie has taken his spot, and I do think that Valkyrie is the more aggressive of the two. Uh, Zemo just gets there a little faster and can get out of there a little faster, too. Yeah, the, the Zemo drive-by days are kind of yeah. far away in- Nowadays, yeah, I mean, I'd be more inclined to splash Zemo than than Valkyrie myself, but yeah, I would personally uh, because I like the extra movement you get from him. Yeah. But I can see if you're just going for straight damage, why Valkyrie might fill that spot better for you. Yeah, and he just might have gotten left off because there's so few Cabal here, right? But either way, like I don't know, he, he's good. He's not the end all be all like a lot of people seem to think. All right, moving on, we have uh, Killmonger. Vision and Loki, all three of those were picked 12 out of the 36 times. Uh, four of the Lokis were picked with a mind gem in the the list. So uh, Killmonger dropped for us two ranks. Uh, Vision dropped two ranks. And Loki is exactly where we thought Loki would be. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this because like you said, we, we had Killmonger at tier one. And we had Vision at Tier 1, and they're sitting here at, essentially, if you're comparing them side-by-side, Tier 2. I find that to be interesting that Killmonger is as low as he is, considering he is one of the best counters to Hulk and Thor, if you get him in there and just obliterate somebody. Like, if you you pepper them with some damage early game, and then mid-game you just run him in and he can just melt somebody really quickly even even if you're not running him with cabal he still can do a lot of damage yeah and he's actually really good with avengers too yeah i don't even think you need to pepper people with damage if you're carrying usurp the throne i mean thor and hulk are are killable pretty easily by him uh i mean yeah I, i'm not so worried about uh uh usurp the throne um i i think just the base energy attack is the main reason why i like him um because the energy defense is generally the weaker mm. of the targets. Uh, and if you look at how high Groot and Venom are in this list, I think that makes Killmonger even better. So, like, if you're looking at counter metal, right, like, Killmonger is a great choice in this situation. Um, I think that makes Vision also a great choice in this situation. Um, both of those are in my list, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Thank- so... Yeah, for our, for our tier list, I took bo- from our tier list. They're both tier one, and in my personal list, they're both in it. Um, the fact that Vision can throw anything up to size three for one in um, in the Avengers affiliation made him an auto include for me. Uh, 
I was bouncing back and forth between him and Captain Marvel, which we haven't got to and won't get to for a while. Um, (laughs) But I I was bouncing back and forth between the two, and ultimately it came down to the fact that his throw was cheaper and I could fluctuate his his defense value, right? Yeah. Um, That was the main consideration because I was like, I can take Marvel's strength against energy, or I can take this guy who can be strong against either. Um, so I just that's what ultimately just decided me to stick with Vision. Yeah. And, and don't forget, you can use Vision to be a super gross uh, hyper battery because you could just be like, okay, first turn, use his ability to net four power and then use advanced R&D to spread it around and your team is just lit up with power turn one which is is very, very, very spicy. If you've never seen that happen to you, uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be a fun experience when you're like, wait, what? Seeing Killmonger where he is kind of makes sense when you look at where Black Panther is, and I think people kind of tie him to Wakanda. Um, but Vision being that low kind of surprises me with how uh, many people were obviously playing Avengers with where Cap is sitting. Um, so that that's a little perplexing to me that Vision didn't get higher. Um, but Killmonger sort of makes sense. But I do think, like Todd was saying, he he makes a really good counter to some of these um, bigger splash characters, especially like Thor um, with his potential to take people out and then the energy uh, base attack. But Vision also has a beam energy attack base, and I don't I don't know why he would fall so far. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like Vision right now. Um, the other thing that I like with Vision right now is running into uh, Groot and Rocket as they sit there together. <laughs> that feels real good. Um, Not for them. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to keep hanging on to that and, and ride that wave. <laughs> yeah, he's so good with Thor, too. It's just it's perplexing as to what these people are using that four-cost slot on their Avengers team that Captain Marvel and Vision are say, kind of not, low on here. It's not Marvel. Could, could be Star-Lord with a power gem. Yeah, it's probably Star-Lord with a power gem. Yeah. Um, or Venom. But uh, and, and like Chris was saying, Killmonger tends to get pigeonholed into either Wakanda or, uh, or Cabal. But like Todd said, he's very good in Avengers as well. I like him there. I don't like seeing him in Avengers. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he is very good in there. Uh, he is kind of surprising to be there. But... Just looking at the rest of the numbers, it's probably just a product of everybody associates him with uh, outside of Avengers, Guardians, and Asgard and stuff. So, uh, yeah. but Vision that low, like he is so good with Thor, um, but he he does tend to be a lot uh, squishier than what his card says he should be. So I, I, I fluctuate a lot with him, um, but there is really nothing better than doing a drop off of a four Asgard charge with Thor. Uh, dropping vision off somewhere, beaming three people, and then finishing your attack off with Thor and staggering. And if you like, stuff were, dies. Were, were you watching my TTS game today? <laughs> no, you, you know, I've been doing that pre COVID 19. Ah, the old days. The old days. Oh, time. man. Well, we back could hang out in public. Back in back my day, we used to go to a store and play this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We had to drive 20 minutes down to the local game shop to play Marvel Crisis Protocol. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think I think Star-Lord's probably taking his spot up. Like, that's the only thing I can think of here. I wonder how any, quick any that'll fall from, off, too, With uh, yeah, once people realize how squishy Star-Lord is. I don't know. They're, they're very similar on the defensive role, like, what with the plucky attitude there. Like, I, 
I don't know. I, I like them both. They both can drop somebody off. Um, I think they're both good in Wakanda. They're both good in Avengers. Well, Star-Lord's not that great in Avengers because he, he gets literally nothing out of the uh, leadership ability. But, um, you know, he, he fills that role, right? All right. No love for Loki, huh, my boy? Um, Like I said, I think Loki is uh, getting picked as a counterplick. Um, right now, uh, I mean, I I don't know where else to fit him. Really, I, I, that seems to be the best use for him. Like his individual powers don't really scream strong enough to me to make him part of a, a lineup, unless you're looking to counter like a Thor or something in particular. That being said, Todd did use mesmerize against me to win a game, um, and I'm still salty <laughs> about it. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's he the first case weird... of mesmerize getting off that I've ever heard of. Yeah, I think it's the only time it's ever actually gotten off. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he, he just sits in a weird spot where I think that people are picking him specifically to counter Thor. Um, I don't see a lot of other people uh, talking him up outside of that individual circumstance. Loki forever. He's good against, uh, Avengers in general, right? Like, like he just kind of shuts off the leadership ability and the bodyguards and the stuff like that. That's true. But the four mind gems that, that like, if you're going to go with the mind gem on Loki, just play Modoc. Like, <laughs> it's just better. Right? Like, well, I, don't, I don't know what you're trying to do there. Just play Modoc. I think well, Todd actually which, played someone playing Loki with both gems. Yeah, so I played a, I played against a gentleman uh, just the other day that was actually playing Star Lord and Loki, uh, and he had both gems. Uh, and he had Rocket, or I'm sorry, and he had Groot. Oh, he did have both gems on Loki. He had the power on Star Lord and the mind on. He, so he had the um, the power on Star Lord, the mind oh, on Loki, okay. and he had Groot. Um, so like it's like the perfect storm of oh boy, very much. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying he was doing some some cool maneuvering stuff with the mind gem. Yeah, well, I mean, we had been talking about this whole idea of Groot and Loki and just making this really hard to deal with situation where a couple of your guys' abilities are going to cost four or you're going to have to waste actions, get rid of the root, and they're still going to cost plus one and all this kind of stuff. And um, turns out it's not bad. Um, <laughs> Getting all your powers increased by two is not bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it, it, it kind of sucks. Um, you better hit and you better not miss because if you do, you're, like, you're not paying for anything. Um so like it was um it was an interesting list. It was it was a lot of fun to play against. All right. So speaking of Modoc, he's actually the next character in line. He was picked eleven out of thirty-six times, and we had him one rank above where the TTS League had him, so not too far off. But uh we're we're starting to get to the bottom of the barrel because uh of thirty-six players were at eleven of thirty-six. So less than a third thought Modoc was a viable choice in their list. Why do you think that is? It's the lack of Cabal. Um, and, and everybody just assumes he's Cabal. So, like, and only can be played in Cabal. Now, granted, he's really good in Cabal, but he's also good with Avengers or decent with Avengers. Uh, I, I do think that we ranked him a little too low, um, but that's because of the prevalence of Thor um, and that he just makes Modoc a weapon against you uh, a lot of the times there. Um but yeah, he's he's surprisingly low on this list, like when I first saw it. But it's got to just be about the lack of cabal. Yeah, and I th- I think one of the things about that is that Thor and Hulk feel like splash characters because Avengers is so prevalent, um, and they're 
their point cost isn't a deterrent to getting your affiliation, but if you were to splash MODOK into an Avengers list, that's taking up five points that you might need to get an affiliation but because you won't have those characters that have a- Avengers or whatever. So I, I, I think that's why he tends to get splashed less than the other two. I, I will add, like, if you look at the top three tiers of this list, that is an aggressive lineup of characters. Yes. Um, and so Modoc with his two defense, while he can blank some wilds, that's a lot of dice coming at him with his like two and three defense. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of physical up there too. Yeah. So like I, I think that kind of hampers the ability to put Modoc in there, um, which is also again what we were talking about with Modoc. Um, that that was kind of the drawback as to why we couldn't find spots for him in our roster currently was because. Of, of the amount of damage that's coming and how fast people can get there. Him and Red Skull both also facilitate slower-moving characters, and a lot of those top-tier characters that are in the TTS League don't have that problem. Yeah. So they're not as useful as they were in the core set when you were trying to get uh, crossbones to move up or something like that. All right, moving on. Uh, the next character on our list is Hela at number 10. She was picked 10 times out of 36. And uh, she is one step above where we have her, but I don't think too much further than where we had her. Uh, Thoughts on Hela? The only time I've tried to play Hela was against BDT, and she got so savagely beaten that she (laughs) never got all three of her soul tokens. (laughs) So I really can't say whether or not she's a good character or not. (laughs) I know she looks cool, and her abilities sound cool, but if you get beaten so hard and so fast that you never get to see the soul token thing work. Like I had no choice, but to rank her four in our tier list. <laughs> like, she was down there with crossbones for me. Um, I've seen cute things where people are trying to use her in like the Wakanda strategy to get onto the vessel in turn one. But even then, like I didn't see how valuable she was. Cause we played that against BDT too. And that's one of the beatings I took. Um, <laughs> So really, it's, it makes sense to me, and I think she could even be lower, but that's because my personal experience with her has been pretty bad. Yeah, I can't even really speak to Hella. Like she, <laughs> she ranks down there pretty low on my list, and uh, I haven't even put her together. Ooh, She like, seems neat, but she also seems like she would be better if she had a bunch of help. Like Her reign of hell requires people to have bleeds on them. So we had a team that was focused on doing that. Maybe she could do some cool stuff. I just haven't gone through the effort to put that list together. Winter Soldier could do it. Yeah, yeah I mean, a team with like Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier and Zemo and all those bleed heavy characters would be cool, but I don't know if it's worth the effort. Yeah. It seems gimmicky. Yes. I feel like you're only doing that for like, I don't know, a week out of the month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hella, hella for me, like, She's got everything you want her to have, right? Like, she's got really good... She's probably got the best defense in the game. Across the board, she has a way to keep herself around in the game. Uh, if she has the three soul tokens, you got to double tap her. Like, she's got all these tricks and stuff that make her really cool. I think the hard part for her comes into the play with the soul tokens. And unless you have... Uh, I think there's going to be a comfort level with her that's going to come from playing reps. Um, right. where Where you can figure out the solo tokens and how to use them best and when to use them for re-rolls and when you can get more back. And and that's just a, a thing that's going to come in comfort with reps. I, I tend to play a more aggressive style of game, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want those extra steps to factor into my decision-making. Well, it's, it's setup time. She needs setup time. Yeah. 
And if you're playing a slow list that wants to just kind of grind out victory points, maybe she works for you. Sure. But if you want to come hard at someone, she's not the best character to put in there at four points. Uh, I'd probably agree with that. I think the other problem is, like you were saying earlier, if you look at the top three brackets of characters that the player base has chosen, uh, none of them are slow. They're all extremely aggressive. They just go hard immediately. Yeah. Yeah, they, they run in, beat you in the face, kick you in your kneecap, spit on you, and then run off to do it again to somebody else. So uh, you're starting to see a lot of these, quote unquote, like I'd like to play control, but right now it's just not really viable because Loki is a little bit too slow. Modok is a little bit too slow. Hell is a little bit too slow because the meta is just run in, roll dice, punch face, and laugh at them. Um, so if that ever changes, I feel like Hella could move up because she's she is tanky. Yeah, her model's beautiful. I love her sculpt. It's really, really great. That, mo- that um, model's awesome. Ghost Rider is going to rival that, but that's about the only thing that will rival it currently. Yeah, uh, Hela has one of the better sculpts, I think, uh, just in terms of not only the sculpt, but the colors you can use, because I've seen people do green and blue and black, and I'm like, man, you could just do so many different color palettes. But back to the character, um, because the game meta right now in the competitive scene is so bursty uh it makes sense to me that all of these slower characters are just not high on the list because they can't compete in terms of getting in there and doing the exact same thing for the same amount of points so i'll throw this out there like assuming that you're not playing asgard is there any time that you would ever reach for hella like Uh, yeah i don't think so wakanda like you would take Hela over any other forecaster in Wakanda? Like I didn't say it was a good idea. I take I take Venom. I take Vision. I Man, would Mike would love you for saying Venom Captain first. Captain Marvel. Like no, I'm I'm playing I'm playing devil's advocate. Like yeah, realistically, like, no. I get it. I get no. it. I just I can't see her. Like the only reason that I see she's even in this list at all and not down there next to Doc Ock is because because of Asgard and just using her for that. Yeah, there must be more people playing Asgard than I thought too, because she's she's higher than some other characters I felt like would be better splashes. Yep, that's fair. All right, uh, moving along, we are now moving into the second to worst bracket, uh, nine through five out of 36. And these three characters were selected nine out of 36 times, Iron Man, Red Skull, and Okoye. So uh, to put this into perspective, Okoye is one step down from where we had her. Iron Man is one step down from we had her. Uh, Red Skull is down three steps. So we had him at tier one. And this list has him at uh, like second to worst tier. So um, Iron Man and Okoye are pretty close, like I said. But I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts first on why Red Skull is so, so much lower on this list than uh, I think what he deserves. This was my oh boy moment. I was like, wait, what? Why? Uh, I, I think he's at least one step higher. Even at his very worst, he's still I think he's still really good. So this was the one that surprised me the most as well, uh, but also shocked me the least um, because we had already yeah, we, we had already said that we thought that Cabal had taken a hit and I had already ranked it as probably the third or fourth highest um, affiliation behind uh, Avengers, Guardian and Wakanda. Like, I thought those had actually taken steps up uh, and that Cabal had taken a step down. Um, so, in that sense, that make uh, like, putting that into reference, that makes more sense to me. Like, that's how that list should look in my head. 
So I, I think I, I think the communities. I think that's about right, honestly. Um, I, I, w- I would say that probably how many how many people picked him? Was it nine that picked him? Yeah. I would bet you that they are mostly cabal-affiliated lists throughout, and he's probably going to see play in most of their game. Like, if they're playing six games for this league, he's probably going to see play in four or five of them. Yeah. Because I I, th- I think the people that took cabal are probably committed to cabal. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because um, it's also going to play into your tactics cards more. Yeah, and you ran into this too when you tried to play cabal in the tournament the other week, was that even though the affiliation power is still good, you got to hit. You got it. You got to hit. And if you can't hit dice, then it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. Um, and, and that and we, that was uh, almost identical to the conversation that we had when I came out of that. I was like, you know what? This sounded good in theory because I was talking about Cabal and Guardians together. Uh, and I thought that would be a good mesh for them. And turns out, like in the games that I played, it would have been awesome. But I had to roll dice. <laughs> <laughs> and and because dice rolls in Cabal don't give you a, like 85 re-rolls like they do with Wakanda, you can't count on hitting that. Yeah, you can just straight miss and then not get any benefit from the affiliation. Yeah, and, and, and it like just shuts down your affiliation entirely. And then, <laughs> and then you got to take into consideration how many times you forgot to get the power from it. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I hadn't played it in a while. Um, so, yeah, like there's some, there's some steps there that I, I think contribute to his drop. I feel like Iron Man and Okoye were kind of interchangeable with the two, three range anyway. Iron Man was probably the least played Avenger for me. No, I can't say that. The least played Avenger for me was Black Widow. Um, but Iron Man was probably right behind her. Yeah. Um, so, so Red Skull, real quick. Um, keep in mind that he's still in a quarter of the list. Yeah. Uh, even though it's only nine. Uh, it, it is. He is still in a quarter of the list. Um, but what this really uh, confirms for me is that Thor belongs right up there at that top of our tier list. Because if like what a lot of people think that Modok is better than Thor or then then Red Skull would be higher on this list, right? Like more people would be playing Modok, more people would be playing subsequently than playing Red Skull um, because they kind of go hand in hand. Um, so the fact that Thor is so far up on here and Red Skull and Modok are so far down there, that just confirms it for me. And then Iron Man, uh, he seems to have been replaced by Star-Lord, right? Like we talked about before, uh, no surprise there. And probably is getting more play in uh, Cabal than he is in Avengers. Uh, he is pretty good in Cabal. Um, uh, Okoye being that low. Uh, probably just the Wakanda uh, affiliation. She really, uh, outside of the bodyguard, like you don't really pull for her. And it seems that Rocket, again, is the two point of choice here. Um, but then getting into Spider Man and Crossbones, um, I don't know. These feel about right where I thought they would be. Yeah. Um, for me, Iron Man has fallen back, like I said, to Star Lord and other three pointers, really. Um, it doesn't add that much benefit um, to me to put him over some other characters. Um, Okoye, I like a lot, but when you sit back and really think about it, if it's not Wakanda, you're kind of picking her for her energy attack and bodyguard, but she's only got one more health point than Rocket, and her energy attack is four range versus five. So Rocket 
kind of fits better there in almost every case, unless you're really going for that bodyguard. Um, Spider-Man and Crossbones. I think Spider-Man is cool, but I can't play him when he's unaffiliated. He just doesn't fit for me. But we did see him in this last tournament played by the tournament winner. So, I mean, he has some cool tech. It's just a matter of getting him in the right spot. Crossbones I've used before, too, with Gamma Launch and... He's got potential, but he still needs too much help getting the fights for for me to pick him over a lot of other three pointers that can do it on their own. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not gonna say anything much on Crossbones. I mean, Crossbones about where I thought he'd be. Uh, I'm not really surprised with that. I'm not really surprised with Spider Man either. Like that, that's about where we thought they would be. Like I mean, he I, does cool stuff. He, he does. Just needs, like he does. He needs super- the affiliation. Um, anything that's unaffiliated is suffering right now, except yeah. for uh, Bucky. Yeah. Like and I'm I'm actually I'm actually surprised that Crossbones was this high with the Cabal affiliation and Ultron is below him. I'm not after seeing all the Crossbones stands come out. To yeah, there there are some hardcore. <laughs> there are crossbones. hard Crossbones stands. They, man, he is, they will ride or die for that dude. Yeah, like they have a gang started for him. I think. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Crossbones people, man, like. That was the most vocal opponent of the tier list. Absolutely. Crossbone solo. And just take a look at this and look at the fact that there's nine people playing Red Skull that's, or, and only five people playing Crossbones. So even in Cabal, there's still four people that are like, nah. <laughs> yeah. nah I'd rather splash any other three-point character. Oh, yeah. Almost, almost half of them are like, for nah. Doc Ock. Except, except for Doc Ock. He's the only one that won't get splashed. But he's the one that deserves to get splashed the most. We'll worry about him in a minute, though. You know what? You know what? The Probably those four, three out of those four that aren't playing Crossbones with Red Skull are playing Doc Ock. <laughs> Possibly. All right. So uh, second to last character, and this is the bottom of the barrel. So uh, zero through four. Uh, Ultron was picked four out of 36 times, and we actually had Ultron... Uh, where do we have him? He was tier two, so he was two steps above where he was ranked here. Um, thoughts on uh, he? He's really low. I thought he'd be at least one step higher. I, I think that this is probably honestly. I think this and Marvel are probably the two biggest missteps in this entire thing. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think Crossbones is a lot better uh, than than this. Um, and I, I think he's really good with Guardian. Who? Crossbones? Cross, crossbones. Uh, you mean Ultron? I'm sorry. Ultron. Ultron. I'm sorry. Yeah. Are, Ult- you, are you getting in that Crossbones clan? Are you part of the club now? Sorry, man. They, they converted me. <laughs> oh, you man. just threw a gig oh. sign, everyone. I started drinking the pool league. <laughs> like, I'm in. I'm in. Crossbones is a, my Oh, boy. We're good. Cro- <laughs> we're homies. Crossbones forever? Yeah. So oh, boy. Ultron. I can't tell if he just did Wakanda forever or some kind of Crossbones gang sign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He just crossed his arms in front of his chest. <laughs> so it's it's cross it's crossbones forever. So yeah, no, but um anyway, Ultron I, I feel like is a missed opportunity, especially with the amount of guardians being played in this. Um I, I think he's really good in Guardians because they don't have as the list stands now, they don't have a big body beater out in the middle, and he works so well as that for them especially with having Age of Ultron, where you can use that to protect him or use it for reroll. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's such a good card and such a good affiliation for him to work with. Um, uh, I know he can only throw terrain and not characters, and that's probably a drawback, uh, but his attacks are solid. His movement's good. He flies and can can, can carry up to a size three uh, with a drop-off. Like, he's just got... 
he, he gives Groot better movement. Like, there's so many things that he does in that lineup with the amount of Guardians played. I was just kind of shocked. Yeah, I think our tier ranking on him was a little bit of recency bias. Like, if we had done the tier ranking prior to Guardians coming out, I think he would have been lower because Todd pulled him out specifically to play against Guardians, like he was saying, and made a huge impact on me with him precisely because he was using him as that sort of middle point beater. Like, as soon as you see Age of Ultron in his five cards, he has to make the decision, like, do I want to force it and trigger this right away, or do I want to avoid him? And either way, you're you're fueling how good he is. Like, you're avoiding him and just taking all that damage from him because he rolled out 10 damage on me in one attack, which is stupid. No, it's not. It's, it's, it was absolutely stupid. That's what Ultron does. <laughs> or I was just sitting there and avoiding him and, and just taking repeated energy attacks from him. So um, I, I think that he's gotten better recently, specifically with the Guardians. But you can make the argument that at four points, he's a pretty solid stand in your face and make you do something about him kind of character. He's 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 been better recently than he has been in the past. I, I think so. I, I I think if anyone is looking for a solid change to make into the roster going forward, and you're playing heavy guardians, I think Ultron is a large uh, is a very good plug in if you need to make a character change. Um, and if you haven't gotten a chance to try that with him, try try Ultron with the Guardians affiliation. Take the Age of Ultron card and use him as a middle beater. Use him to clog up the middle of the board. Um, spray some attacks out and either make them have to target the, him. And if they won't target him, that's when you just discard the card and get the extra rerolls and make them pay for it. That's the other thing, too. Is if Age of Ultron doesn't get triggered, it's just fuel for um, winging it. it. Winging it. Um, which Todd also did against me in the game where I didn't target him. I hate Todd. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. We've been waiting for like four episodes for you to just come out. I'm just, it. I'm coming out. I hate Todd. I hate Todd. It's okay. Man, that's, that's, so, that's aggressive. <laughs> I looked right at him when I said aggressive? it, too. He knows it. I hate Todd. He hates you. All right. Well, let's move along to the last two characters who were picked three out of 36 times, Captain Marvel and Dr. Octopus. And to put this into perspective, Doc Ock, we ranked very low. Uh, he was a tier three, so he was one step above this, but not by much. Uh Captain Marvel, however, was uh, three rankings above this, and this was my second like double take because I was like, wow, I heavily disagree that she is one of the worst characters in the game. She's not my favorite, and I I don't know where exactly. I think I, I think I ranked her at tier two, but I I sincerely do not believe she is the worst of the 36 characters. Like, I don't think she's Doc Ock bad. Like if you put her versus Doc Ock, fairly sure she wins that a majority of the time. If it was a one-on-one, I don't know. Doc Ock's pretty good. I think the three characters at the bottom tier here are all decent characters. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I like Ultron. I think Ultron's great. Uh, Doc Ock's just suffering from lack of affiliation, but his attacks are solid. Yeah. And his physical defense is good going into a field with the, one of the main characters is heavy physical. Like he's got all the stuff that you want. Yeah, Ak is one of the few characters with a multi-attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be physical, but he still has an opportunity to attack multiple people. Uh, he's got Pierce on his base energy, so his his base attack is still as good as Killmonger. And what's the other ability he has where he counts wild as extra hits? Flurry. Flurry. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's pretty gross, man. Yeah, he could throw terrain at people. Arm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that he can do. He has wall crawler. Um, 
He's a solid character. He just suffers from the lack of affiliation. Yeah. I bet he sees a resurgence with Spider-Foes. I, I, absolutely. And I think the issue with Marvel is that people look at binary form and they put too much emphasis on that. Yeah. Uh, because they feel like they need to play it for some reason. Binary forms like a, I have a bunch of power or Captain Marvel's in the middle oh, of the right now and yeah. she needs to survive. Yeah. Um, that's the only time I play binary form. Otherwise, she's got a base four energy attack that you can reroll on the, all the dice on. She fits in Wakanda super well. I played Wakanda plus Marvel forever. Yeah. Um, and Rick used her in a tournament as just a turret. We just sat on a point and sat there spewing energy attacks at people. Anybody that got too close caught a... What's, I can't remember the name of her energy punch attack that staggers, but I think she's super good, and and I think binary form is literally the only reason why people value her so low, but it's not an essential have-to-use-every-game ability. I agree. Uh, I, I think she's actually much higher than that. Um, again, um, this, is, this is probably a meta call, right? Like, but uh, for me, it came down between her and Vision because I wanted somebody that had a solid energy defense that I was going to look at taking in the majority of my lineups. Um, she absolutely has that. Mm-hmm. Um, she also has the ability to throw. Uh, she has flight. She has an attack that rerolls itself. Um, she has. She checks all the boxes for me. Even though she's not in my list, she's still, for me, a 1-5. Easy. I think I rated her one, but yeah, she drifted I, down. I, I I would still have her at a one five, um, even though she's not in my list. Like that doesn't change it. Like I I don't think I, I never looked at our tier list as a all right. I've got to take one through ten following this list. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's never how I looked at this tier list, and that's never how it was intended to be used. The tier list was intended to be a guide of these are characters that you look at primarily into a list right like, this is the affiliation i want to play these are some really important characters i'm playing avengers thor really fits in there yeah now i go down to the next tiers and i say oh this is a specific thing i want to accomplish with yeah. avengers which of these like tier one five and two characters do i want to splash into this list yeah and, and then from there then you start to fill out the rest of your team right because you know it's going to be three or four characters or or five characters right whatever the whatever the team comp may be um, but it was never meant to be so much a guide or a like, here's what you got to take or you're not going to win, but more a idea of the characters that fit the best in the majority of lists. Right. right. Um, and, and what I think you're seeing coming out of this with these league uh, roster builds is the culmination of public opinion. And, and what they're saying is. Avengers is top. Oh boy! Yeah, uh, that that's exactly what I see. Them yeah, saying. you can infer several things from this. Avengers is top. Two point splash. People are valuing the aggressiveness of Rocket. Three point splash. They're valuing the aggressiveness of Valkyrie. Yes, we want Winter Soldier to be able to Flex. flash these characters in that aren't Avengers affiliated and still get our team lineup. Yep, like that. That's exactly what we thought Winter Soldier was supposed to be. Um, the I feel like the affiliation is exactly where it should be. Um, and I'm really excited to see how this league plays out. So now that we've talked about all of the characters that were picked, we also have uh, information on some of the most common team tactics cards. So we're going to run through these real fast, and then we're going to do our listener mailbag. So uh, 26 out of 36 people picked both Patch Up and Brace for Impact. And across the board on Facebook, Discords, 
Um, people have been talking about, you know, some of the most common uh, standard staple, whatever term you want to use for uh, team tactics cards, uh, which ones are the, you know, the ones you should always bring or consider always bringing and like nine times out of 10 patch up and brace for impact are in that discussion. And the community pretty much sides with that and pretty a lot of people, not everybody, but 26 out of 36 picked those two cards. Uh, your guys' thoughts on brace for impact and patch up. When we discussed our favorites, we did not include patch up and brace for impact because we felt they were auto include. Uh, so that makes total sense to me. In fact, the, not everybody brought those. This is actually weirder than the fact that 26 people brought them. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like yeah. I feel like so I, I can understand possibly just trying to get by without brace for impact. Um, but patch up for me feels like the one that probably everybody should have. Um, and now now granted, we, we play in our small sample size where um, we, we have come to appreciate the value of a throw and free damage and making you roll and I don't have to. Um, and so maybe not everybody's gotten into that groove yet and maybe not everybody's figured it out. Um, but uh, if I was looking at this and guessing the number of competitive and non-competitive players in this league, I would say we have 26 competitive players and 10 non-competitive. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm generally concerned for the mental state of the people, the 10 people that didn't. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. But like what I'm saying is, is you, you probably have some people who haven't had enough reps to recognize the power and how important these cards are. Um, and you've had, I would estimate, 26 people who have had reps and do understand the powers of these cards. What I will say is that looking at the list of characters that were brought, there may be a, a few people, namely those that didn't bring Patch Up and Brace, that feel that they can be hyper-aggressive enough that it's not going to impact them. Like they brought more aggressive cards to complement their aggressive lineup, and they think they're just going to wipe you off the board before Patch Up or Brace becomes an issue for them. Yeah, and this is also not 26 people that, that brought both of these. These are 26 copies of this card in this list. So there's probably some Venn diagram of uh, people that brought Patch Up, people that brought Brace, and people that brought both. Um, so, I, I, yeah. I do want to say that I think that the number of people that split it was very low. Most of the people that brought one brought the other. Um, it may have been at most four that actually split them. Yeah, that, that doesn't really surprise me. But <laughs> it just makes it worse for the the, uh, the the small subset that did not bring either. Or that brought right. brace uh, instead of patch up. Patch I mean, up seems the more auto include than brace. That that's what I just said. <laughs> there, Chris, there Chris is, is like a four hundred pound parrot on my shoulder right now. Hmm. So there is a mentality <laughs> that four hundred pounds. There is a mentality that in gaming culture that it is more beneficial to do damage than it is to heal yeah right so that is a something to look at there that people initially will look at something like patch up and be like no nah, i don't want to heal i just want to deal damage All right so but this game patch up is really good and it should be brought i i i agree 100 i like they're both in my list um and, and they are both in my five cards for every game um, I, I don't even care if you take somebody that can throw. I would just rather have brace in case you do. Um, 
So for me, unless I look at your list and I see that the worst thing you can do is throw a size two, I might not bring a brace into that game. Uh, but like if I see your list and you've got a Thor or a Hulk and a Venom and something else, and maybe you're the guy who's got Ultron or Marvel, Marvel I'm, I'm going to bring my brace. I mean, I'm just we only have up through 10 copies of a single card on our uh, breakdown here. And I'm just looking ahead at this. And it's like it's like six of my eight, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is what I take. And field dressing is probably the one that kind of bumps off sometimes. Yeah. So. Well, let's talk about the next one uh, moving forward. Uh, Drop-off is next at 16 out of 36 players. Uh, I think this is a very, very potent card. Todd has used it to great effect. Pretty much anyone who utilizes this card um, you know, being able to not only use the, the, the card to get movement, but an attack this at out of turn, that's the spicy thing is you give a character arguably a second activation because they get to move, they get to attack. And then on their turn, they get two more actions. So it's, it's a really, really nasty card, especially with Thor. Like I'm looking at the, uh, the TTS league, uh, Thor is a flyer. Star Lord is a flyer. Um, who else do we have? Vision, Vision is a flyer. Uh, Iron Man, Marvel, he's, Ultron. He's pre- they're pretty low. They're low. Those I don't are care. Low. I got three of those guys on my list. Yeah, but here's the thing. If if 30 people are bringing Thor, drop-off is probably going to be very common in those lists. And I find it to be interesting that 30 people are bringing Thor, but 16 people are bringing drop-off. I figured that number would have been a little bit higher. I, th- I think it's just people don't realize that you can drop off on a four Asgard charge. Yeah, I, I again, did that today. Um, and and it's, it's so good. So good. And the value that you get off a drop-off anywhere, like for the two power across two dudes, like one and one, like it's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like it is the like there was a time where I didn't run drop off and Todd uh, yelled at me constantly of why I don't want to run it. <laughs> and like I was stuck in the mindset that I want to use it turn one to move up the field, but then I don't gain value off the attack or I'm trying to bring people together uh, up the field on turn one. So that turn two, I can initiate a drop off. It's a good value. But as it turns out, like when you're playing the game, you just kind of happen to be in those situations. And the fact that you're getting so much value off of that just means you should probably be taking it if you have flyers. Now, Cabal doesn't have a whole lot of flyers, but at the same time, it has the, the largest flyer, so it can drop off the most stuff with Ultron. So I don't know. Like, yeah, but there's only like four people with Ultron, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Like... I don't know. It's 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 a low value on this. So so for me um, for me personally, I value flyers higher than I value long movement. I've uh, started to as well. Yeah, because I, I value flyers higher than that because they avoid they they just ignore terrain. Um, so they they can move wherever they want to move, regardless of what the terrain looks like, and they can take somebody with them. Is um, there a lot of non-interactable terrain in the TTS format? There's a mix. Okay. Because initially we didn't have non-interactable terrain here at the shop, which is where I was primarily playing. So flying wasn't as much of an issue. But now that we have a lot more and there's always at least two or three buildings in the way, flying and wall crawling and all that kind of stuff has jumped up on my priority list. Um, So it used to be that I didn't run drop off as much, but now I always have two flyers usually. And so it's much more valuable. Well, and and that was my point in the shop because we've had this conversation. 
uh, where, where you were like, you know what? I don't like it when we've got all this terrain. And I'm like, that's because you want to have your lines clean and you want to be able to say, I'm going to do A to B to C. Right. And and, and that's not how it's going to be all the time. So that's and that's why we in, invested and brought in the other terrain, because we wanted to make sure that if we're going to play, we're going to play accurately uh, and, and we're going to learn to be flexible in our planning. And, and I think that's where we came to the decision that that's why flying is so much more flexible. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm going to throw something out counter to that, that uh, sometimes you're just going to have a, a, a helicarrier that takes up 90 percent of your board and you're like, that, that's not here <laughs> you're gonna lose that game that, that's not here though yeah salty salty a little bit yeah just a wee bit all right so moving on uh 15 out of 36 players picked field dressing thoughts on that card oh uh, it's good wasn't really on my radar until today yeah uh today changed things when we realized that hulk does not go away immediately. He has a day's token until the end of the turn and can be patched up. Yeah, so or field dressing. So, so to clarify that, I, I think what happened was we here locally played so many reps early on, uh, uh, just out of the gate, um, and we didn't have a card like field dressing to play with. Right. Like, so if you were just playing out of the core kit and Modoc and you know the the Panther expansions and Wakanda and whatever. Um, you did not have field dressing. Um, so when your character was dazed or KO'd, you just removed him. Right. There was no way to get him back anyway. Um, so, well, not dazed, but Thor or Hulk specifically, you just removed him if he got Yeah, dazed. well, and I mean, and if a character was dazed, you just flipped him. Right. Um, yeah, you flipped him right yeah, away. Because, yeah, because like, there was no way to stop that prior. But with field dressing, um, the idea that that's how you play the game changes because now you have to look at the rules much closer and the way the rule states is those characters get dazed and then are removed at the end of the turn um which makes field dressing feel a lot better uh if you take out the idea of how we played it based on the fact that prior there was no way to do it yeah and suddenly the idea of being on a kind of wide list with an extra activation and field dressing hulk at 19 damage seems pretty good seems pretty good that's six extra dice. He just gets to roll into a bunch of characters. And then if he dies next yeah. turn, no big deal. Yeah. He's already done a ton of damage. Well, I mean, and P- Pagani asked the question of, like, why is this even a question? Why are you wondering if, if Hulk gets a, a, a daze token? And we're like, and I just answered. I was like, look, I think it's just a Mandela effect that everybody just takes the Hulk off the board when he gets dazed. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, right? nobody even really looked yeah, at and it. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the idea that we never had that mechanic in the game before prior when Hulk was introduced yeah. to be looked at. So I, I don't think that it's been played wrong. I just, well, I mean, I get obviously a, a little bit. But obviously, it, it has, has been, been played wrong. wrong. Uh, but I think it's more the idea that we didn't have that interaction before to counter the reason as to why. It wasn't um, something that we were looking at closely enough. Right, because it looked like an extra step at that point and not just a, hey, let's clean up the board while we're here. Yeah. Why would we just leave this character out here? We can't bring them back to life. Now we can. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you could throw things into them. I mean, I guess, but like that was never. And he blocked off lanes and stuff like so, that. So like if I'm going to throw yeah. something, if I'm going to throw somebody into the Hulk to deal one damage, that seems kind of like a, 
a waste if there was something nearby there that I could throw into that character and deal more damage. Once again, didn't say it was a good idea. So, I mean, I get it. Like, I understand it. Like, I've thrown people into buildings just to get the one extra. Uh, But, like, if there's anything else other than the Hulk, I'm going to pick that up and throw it at him. Right. And uh, to kind of address the the number of field dressings when we think it's such a good card, I have, like, I was on it, like, as soon as it came out, uh, I played it in every list, and then I was finding that it was a lot of hoops to jump through uh, with the cost of the card and, and having to run somebody over to 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 field dressing uh on them um and i kind of stopped running it uh especially after todd put me back on the recalibration matrix they kind of swapped out there yeah um but yeah i mean i can see it being at a 15 even though everybody universally thinks it's good all right moving on to the next most picked card gamma launch was picked 13 out of 36 times uh you can only now let's let's correlate this you can only use gamma launch with hulk 18 people picked hulk 13 people brought Gamma Launch with Hulk. So there is a, a discrepancy of five players who did not pick Gamma Launch with the Hulk. Uh, so the other cards that we've talked about so far can be used with anybody. Gamma Launch can only be used if you bring Hulk. So uh, what are your thoughts on this predicament? I know we talked about it a little bit earlier on in the show. But now we can kind of deep dive into uh, 13 to 18 ratios. I think it's weird to not bring it with the Hulk because even if you're not throwing a beater at someone, you can control objectives with it or any number of other things. Um, maybe it's just people who are playing hyper aggressively that want to throw a character and don't feel like they have one to throw. And that's why they didn't bring it or they had something they felt was more valuable. But it seems like an auto include with Hulk. So looking back at it now. Uh, so these these lists are open knowledge when you sit down to play against your opponent, yep. right? Yeah. So there may be a non-zero number of people that put Hulk in their list to bluff Hulk. And if you're doing that, then you're not going to waste the spot with Gamma Launch, right? Well, I, so I, like, I, I'm not going to use Hulk, but I'm going to throw Hulk in the list to make people think I'm going to use Well, Hulk. if you don't have Gamma List with your Hulk, I'm not scared of your Hulk. Right. You mean Gamma or, Launch? Yeah. If you don't have Gamma Launch in your, in your, in your list uh, of tactics cards, I'm not scared of Hulk. And that's fair, but... I still think that's there's at least one person in this list or in this 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 league that has put Hulk in here with the intention of not running it it's purely because there's five people that aren't going to use Gamma Launch and Gamma Launch is the single most busted card in the uh, in the list of uh, of team tactics cards. Yeah, yeah, I I think the when you combine the fact that Gamma Launch can be used outside of Hulk's turn and on that character's activations uh, to do something busted like say charge and get double attacks off and then throw you, um, Gamma Launch is probably the most busted team tactics card. Like every like uh degenerate uh uh tactic that we have kind of come up with and the internet as a whole has come up with has hinged on gamma launch yeah, that's a, that's a right good point. like <laughs> all the dumb broken stupid stuff that we do like my wakanda yeah. strategy that had no other interaction relied on gamma launch yeah yeah like you want to you want to start gaining four victory points a turn uh from turn one on your gamma launching you want to throw thor into your opponent's deployment zone your gamma launching yeah like it it's just it is really good and probably more of a reason to run thor than or sorry more of a reason to run hulk than hulk himself yeah yeah i, I was just thinking that that you want to play the cards so that's why Hulk is in your list. Yeah. I and mean, I don't think there's any other card that I can think of except maybe Usurp the Throne 
that would be the same. More ubiquitous. Yeah. I, I don't think. I don't even think um, Usurp the Throne is is more. I, I don't think it's better, but I think that it has the potential to swing games. I actually think recalibration matrix will swing more games than uh, Usurp. Yeah, well, we're, we're, getting, we're getting there. What he's saying is that if you're taking Killmonger, are you, like there's almost as much people taking Killmonger taking Usurp than there is Hulk taking Gamelon. That's true. Right? Is that what yeah. you're saying, Chris? Yeah, yeah. But I see reasons to not take usurp yeah when taking killmonger because it kind of pigeonholes in you to pointing killmonger at specific characters yep. when it may not be the right thing to do but anyway next yeah next up is advanced rmd 12 out of 36 so a third of the player base uh something else i want to bring up a generalized combo is using advanced rmd with shuri and so shuri was 23 picks out of 36 or Sometimes you're using uh, vision and uh, advanced R&D, and there were 12 visions. So um, where do you think this card is falling? Because the, the whole concept is you have, you have a, a power battery, and then they go, cool, teammates have all this power. Yeah, it's in my eight. Yeah, it's always in my eight, too. Um, um, always in my two and almost always in my five. So. Yeah, yeah, I have a hard time excluding that card. I, I can always find a way to use an extra power. Even if it's just turn one to pick up an extra objective or something. Yeah, like just the amount of pressure you can apply sometimes with picking up that extra objective and then falling behind early and then looking at board positioning and be like, now I got to get to this guy. Yeah. Like like sometimes you do it like there there's definitely occasions where you do that just to bait somebody into a situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's a good card to use for that in some situations. Not every situation, but in some. Um it may, it may, even be, may not even be like a short-term play. It could be like a long-term thing. Like, I know that I'm going to pick up an objective with a character for like that 19-point objective where you're going to want to evacuate a citizen later and just stacking a power on the character you know is going to be holding one even three turns yeah. from now is going to be valuable. Yeah. It's one power saved when you get to that point. Right. I will say that for me, I have Vision and I have Shuri and I have Advanced R&D. Um, so I'm going to be moving power around. Uh, I'm going to have a power battery of some sort somewhere. Um, and, I, and I'm going to make use of it. Hey, it makes sense on Star-Lord with Power Stone, too. It does. And that was one of the plays that I saw made against me in the non-league game. Uh, the the guy used the advanced R&D to move power from Star-Lord and spread it across three of his other four characters. Yeah. And, that, and that's... I was like, wow, that's pretty good. I've done that many times, especially if I'm lacking another battery like Shuri or Vision. Yeah. The degenerate stuff that doesn't involve Gamelodge usually involves R&D, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Point. Or both. Yeah. Because I know both. my list needed it, uh, needed Gamelodge and R&D to get Mission Objective off. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at the aforementioned recalibration matrix. So 10 out of 36 players picked this. This is the last card we have for the most common team tactics because after this obviously nine or less is is pretty sparse between 36 players but uh recalibration matrix this is a really great this this is rocket boots the trap card where your opponent rolls out the dice you feel like i've got them and they go you've activated my trap card and play uh play matrix it's it's everything you could ever want in rocket boots um but I actually thought this was a little lower than uh, it could have been. I mean, like all of all of the cards that are being picked here are really good. 
Um, I don't think it's low. I guess I should qu- uh, clarify my statement. I don't think it's lower in the ranking of cards. I think the number is physically lower. Like I would have anticipated more l- less than a third of the players to bring recalibration matrix in their eight. Um, so any thoughts on why only 10 players are bringing uh, this card? Well, I, I know only nine other players are bringing this card because I brought it. <laughs> <laughs> I could see people making the argument that it's expensive, but I think that it has saved me so many times that three power is a really low cost. Um, like I think I played two games with Groot and used it on a character killing Groot and then kept Groot at one health who then healed up next turn. I mean, even that's worthwhile, but yeah. saving a character from getting deleted from a like a crazy random huge role is worth three power. Yeah, like it, it you you can use it Here's the bigger thing. You can use it offensively or defensively. Um, so you can put a large attack into someone and whiff. That happens. Now you have a safety net. Um, or you can have a large attack come into you and they roll nuts. Now you have a safety net. That's also happened to me where I've rolled huge into someone and they've recalled and I've gotten two yes. hits instead of eight. Yeah, so that's the flexibility in that card that I don't know if it's it's lost in translation. I doubt it is. I just think that People um, overvalue that power cost, um, and when it can actually keep me in control of a objective or a secu- like a, a, an extraction objective, or even or if you secure. just have a, like a character in a crucial spot yeah. to set up for next turn, and you can't afford them to get days right yeah. now. Like there, there are so many plays where that card has saved me. Um, there is no way I'm not taking like I'm pretty much bringing three cards every game, and that's going to be patch up, brace, and recal, and then I'm going to float the other two into those. Yeah, I will say that it's probably most likely a defensive card because it's hard to be on the offense and still have another three power uh, to recal, or that you need to spend on the recal in order to make that hit count. Um, Generally, like you, you're kind of wanting that for, you know, superpowers after the attack or uh, another subsequent big attack, right? So it, it's generally better when you're getting beat on and you're gaining that power because they're coming into. And that's why I started taking it over field dressing because it does a very similar uh, thing of saving a character who is getting focused on. But that character is the one that's going to pay for that power. And I don't have to worry about somebody else also amassing a large amount of power and being in the right spot to do it. Yeah, I I will also add on top of that. um, If you're if you look at your character selection deeply, like if you really examine your character selection and you take characters that have high value base attacks that cost little to no power, um, recalibration matrix gets much easier to afford. Ready, Captain? I'm ready to take calls from the public. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> All right. So we've got we got a new sound bite leading into this, don't we? So I'm laughing about that. I heard it. It was funny. Alright, so we're doing uh we're doing some podcast questions. Uh the Wargaming Dad asked, what is the worst slash most fun scenario um to answer both of those the worst and best most fun scenarios is spider infected 
Um, for, so, for me, it triggers Todd. Yeah, it's hilarious when Todd gets triggered. Yeah, and he will. He's also likely to scoop, so it is also the worst. I, I, I may very well scoop if more than one of my guys moves in a turn. Right, like it. It, it does. Oh my, that that one triggers me so bad. I can see it right now. Um, yeah, so that's definitely a worst. Um, the one I'm actually having fun with right now is the um, the new 19 point from um, Guardians. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that one lately. That evacuation of the civilian token has actually added an interesting level of play um, yeah. where, where you can just be like, you know what? I'm scared you're going to daze my guy. I'm just going to evacuate and get some points. Yeah, yeah. it's like I can save it and build up a, a lead, yeah. or I can just evacuate it because I'm afraid you're going to take it from me. Yeah, so like that one actually has had a lot more fun angles to play in the game for me lately than anything else. Like when Mike dazed your guy, took your token, Shut and up. then evacuated. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about the Mike game. Uh, for me, uh, the worst is definitely any of the single extracts. I hate all of them. Um, yeah. Scrolls, uh, the core, all those, uh, especially, uh, God, uh, herbs. I hate herbs so bad. Um, most fun for me are any of them that generate extra power because you're just doing a bunch more fun yeah. stuff. Um, and the best, I'd say the best for me, I like, I like hammers. I think that's the best one. Hammers is cool because it's it's kind of fair, right? You yeah. get a little power, but it makes it harder to play your team tactics cards. And I like that one too. Yeah, I, I do like hammers. I haven't I haven't had a chance to play the the new nineteen point yet. I, the nineteen, the hammers, and spider infected are my three red ones. Yeah, that's actually my three red as well. Um, Wait, you play spider infected? I do. Oh man, I do. Why do you um, hate yourself? <laughs> Um, because I'll never play it. Okay. So, so, yeah. so it's always it's just, like, I, I know, it's I know if I'm one. picking red, I'm playing on 18 or 19. Okay. Like that, <laughs> that's what I know in my red. So we, we talked about it briefly. Um, the revelation that field dressing works on Hulk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Merzane asked the question, does the recent revelation that Hulk can be field dressing make him any significant amount better than before? So I don't know that it makes him better because the the object with Hulk is usually to gamma launch. And that's where his value comes from. I think that it makes field dressing better because then he can stand up potentially with 19 damage on him and throw six extra dice with his attacks. Um, But since that's not the object of bringing Hulk to your list generally, I don't know that it makes him better or more worthy to put in a list. It's, It's like a card that you bring with him to maybe get some benefit from. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, it makes sense, but I'm going to disagree. Okay. Um, because if you just spent your turn putting 20 damage into the Hulk, and I get to bring him back, um, and I get to use him, that's the trick, right? If if they daze your Hulk before you get to use him, yes, this makes it significantly better. Well, when I'm putting a list together, and I'm thinking about characters that I want to bring for a potential benefit, the off chance that somebody does 20 damage to him and field dressing him doesn't make him better. What makes him good to bring in the list is the fact that he gamma launches and he yes. has all this other yeah. stuff. Right. So this is uh, – all right. So maybe it doesn't make him better, but it's an added benefit. Right. Um, so – and that's that's more what I'm looking at. Um, now, if you can follow uh, a field dressing with a patch up, um, that gets pretty gross. That's pretty gross. Um, because now all of a sudden he goes back to 19 – 
He gets his attacks off. Before he's done, you've got somebody in range two, and you can heal him up five. Wow. Now now you got a 14 yeah. damage Hulk who just swung plus six die into everybody else. Um, that's, that's magical Christmas land. Oh, dude, it's, it's, gonna... it's absolutely Christmas land, but like the guy that pulls it off is going to be like, oh, boy, why didn't I stream that? Uh, but, I mean, the main thing is the only way it makes Hulk any better in the game, not overall, is in that game, is if they daze him before he's activated. Because uh, I don't think I really care if I get to bring him back and he's already activated. That's true. I, I, I care if I get to bring him back and he wasn't activated. So it makes him better in or, a perfect world. Or like I was saying in the chat earlier today is that if you can happen to time it to where their last activated character is out of uh, threat range right. of Hulk, uh, and then you can just pop that to where now Hulk can activate first in the next round after he had already activated in the previous round that he got dazed. Right, right? so Perfect World 2.0. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, 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 but to answer Merzane's question, uh, no. Yeah. Not significant better than the Yeah, I, I think at best he's situationally better. That's a good way to put it situationally better it makes it makes field dressing a little bit more viable in a bdt list uh it's it's in mine now like that that did for me along with ghost rider who would you like to see that isn't just a figure on a base who asked that uh harley's okay uh to me uh i think sugi would say this as well would be ghost rider uh but i don't know ghost rider was spoiled Said along with or not Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. Sorry, I didn't mean Ghost Rider. I meant Silver Surfer. Oh, okay. Uh, but I don't know if that really answers the question because it's a dude on a base, but also a surfboard. also a surfboard. That's the critical thing. That's a, you added the surfboard, so you've got a prop. Okay, we'll take it. No, you got to go. You got to go. I, I got save, my. I got my own. I want to save mine for last, but I will beat this drum. <laughs> I love this drum. For eternity or until I die. And hopefully somebody will take up the sword after I go down. But I want to see Punisher with the oh boy. battle fan. <laughs> I want to see that battle van run Thor the oh boy. over. <laughs> and then go in reverse and back up over him and like physically bump the van. <laughs> And then, like, put a machine gun turret on it and just kill everybody else on the board. That is what I want. <laughs> if we get a battle van with Punisher, I don't even know what I'll do. Will Pagani, you've been put on notice. We need Punisher uh, battle van. You could even release the battle van separately. <laughs> Chris would buy it. <laughs> and you could put them together like Rocket and Groot. <laughs> and I will run them together until the end of time. Uh, wait, uh, Will just text me. He said the battle van will be coming out. It's seventy nine ninety five, Chris. Only for you. That's fine. I'll pay whatever it takes. <laughs> he is in. <laughs> takes up a character slot like a mine. If it's gonna t- if it's gonna cost me eighty dollars, I want it to leave tread marks on Thor's. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's I want good. smoke to come out of the, the tires. You're gonna have some interesting <laughs> custom models. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna need to buy an extra Thor from you. By the way. Oh, right on. Right on. <laughs> Yeah. Chris, why do all your models have tires? 
<laughs> I'm going to run a one character list. That is the Punisher with the battle vein. <laughs> yeah. You're going you're gonna to keep every model painted with tire tracks in your bag so that when the Punisher van <laughs> that will be the- rolls over them, you can swap them with the uh, your opponent's model. I mean, like they're just are. they're just on their base. side on their base with tire tracks on them. <coughs> yeah. I just, oh my god! I just want to. That will be the based. only model that I mod. Will be to put Thor's dead body underneath the battle van <laughs> on an angle. Chris is gonna have to mod a small size base with a van if Will doesn't make this happen. A small size base. <laughs> That's going to be so awesome to see is your small base with a full van and Punisher (laughs) hanging out with a gun. It's soccer soccer mom Punisher. It's going to be awesome. Um, So mine uh, mine is nowhere near that cool, but it goes back to the one that I was talking about last week. I really want to see the runaways. Um, So I would love a large base model that's Gertrude and her raptor. Mm. That'd be so cool. A van would kick oh, the boy. out of a raptor. By the <laughs> a van paired to a see van, that model with some tire tracks. A on van it. probably beats the raptor. I'm gonna give Chris that one. But like, all right, fine. I still want my raptor in this game. I don't know, man. I feel like there's been some uh, version of Jurassic Park where a raptor beat a van. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Rick's got my back. Wait, I have a question. Does Modoc count as a model? It's not just a figure on a base. I don't know if you can run over a size four with a van. I'll make it happen. <laughs> He'll make it happen. I might have to knock him out of his wheelchair first. So, so Will, if you're listening, we also need ramps in this game. Yes. To do sweet jumps off of. Yes, for your van. I'm here for you, Chris. <laughs> all right. I think that's uh, that's all the questions we're doing tonight because this is a long oh, boy. episode. All right. That's the end of the show. Thank you so much for sticking around with us for, you know, two, two-ish hours. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show and you want to connect with us, check us out on social media, on Facebook or Discord. And uh, a big push for everyone who's listening. Thank you so much for participating, for sending us your questions, for being a part of Turn Zero Gaming. Uh, We'd like to ask you to leave us a review either on Facebook, on iTunes, on Google Play, wherever you're listening, because we want to keep growing the show, spreading the word about Crisis Protocol, and especially in a time where we're all kind of stuck at home, uh, give people a fun, quality show that's uh, family-friendly, entertaining, but full of uh, both competitive and casual information. So, you know, if you're playing at home with family or if you're playing, uh, you know, trying to play on the TTS League or, you know, maybe with some friends or however you're playing, we want to make sure that everybody has something to enjoy while we're kind of stuck at home waiting for this whole coronavirus thing to pass on. So once again, it has been a pleasure to uh, have everyone coming, joining us on the show. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, Excelsior! Excelsior!